I'm Marty Dodson. And I'm Clay Mills. Welcome to Songtown on Songwriting. This is the podcast for songwriters by songwriters. Clay and I have been songwriters for a combined 50 plus years, making our living from songwriting. And we love it. We love to teach what we know. We love to teach the craft. We love to teach business. And that's why we're here. I heard another podcast the other day that did a disclaimer that, you know, don't take any of our advice as medical advice. And I'm going to just tell you up front, if you take our advice as medical advice, you may have something wrong with you. So do not do that. This is songwriting advice. You're not going to be hurt or damaged if you follow it. Um, And hopefully it's going to make your songwriting even better. So we're going to have a good time in this episode, and I hope you're going to learn a lot. And we're going to start off with the audio from a video Clay Mills did on Songtown about uh, the give-a-crap factor. Because one of the things we, we try to help people learn is that if you're trying to write a commercial song, you have to write a song that millions of people give a crap about. And so it can't be just a song about your grandmother, which I made the mistake of doing early in my career. I wrote a song called She Stopped Living the Day He Died. And it was very specifically about my grandmother and my grandfather who died young. And I played it for my publisher, and he said, that's the saddest crap I've ever heard. Who would want to sing that song? And I had not thought of it that way, because I thought it's a really well-crafted song. It was beautiful. I played it for my family, and they cried. And I thought, man, I've got something going on with this song. You know, he's really going to love it. And when I played it for him, what, what I learned was... It just was so specifically my story that there was no point for him. And so he didn't care. When he heard my song, he was like, wow, that's sad. I wouldn't want to hear that on the radio. So listen to what Clay has to say about um, making people give a crap about your songs as you're writing them. So And being conscious of that. So uh, he's got some cool little bumper music he likes to do because he's a really good guitar player. So you'll hear that and then you'll hear the audio from this Songtown video. Hi, and welcome to the Songtown Studios. I am Clay Mills, and I want to talk to you today about what I feel is probably one of the biggest questions you can be asking yourself while you're writing a song. Um, usually we get this creative burst that, you know, we'll come up and we'll get a song started, or maybe we'll even get so much inspiration that the song is almost complete. But at some point, we've got to kind of step back and ask ourselves, who is going to care about this song? Because we obviously care about it. That's why we're writing it. Um, it's, it's moving us. But we have to put ourselves in the listener's place and say, okay, who is going to care about this song? And I ask myself some of these questions. Um, Is the idea I'm writing interesting enough? Or has it been written many times before? Um, If you want people to pay attention, you're going to have to give them something new and different. Will the listener relate to the singer? I I love that because if the the listener can't relate to the singer, they're not even going to bother to listen. Um, Will a singer want to sing this song? Is it going to make the singer come across? Is it going to fit his image? Is it going to make a singer look good? Um, if, you're, if you're singing a song where the singer is this horrible person in the song, well, it's going to be hard to find a singer that wants to cut that song. 
Um, is your song emotionally moving or is it just whiny? Um, a lot of times we get our hearts broke. We want to write a song, um, but it's got to have enough going on in that song that it comes across as, as emotionally um, compelling rather than just I'm, I'm whining about my broken heart. That's, that's very important. Um, does the melody sound fresh? Is it bringing something new to the table? Um, or does it sound like a lot of songs that have been written before? And, and we've always got to have some kind of element that's new and different to grab a listener's attention. Um, a couple more things. Are we talking to the audience? Are we having a conversation with them? Or are we just talking at them? You know, we've all had these conversations with people where they're just, wah, 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 wah. they're just talking on and on and on. They don't give you a second. They don't pause. They don't give you a second to interject your own ideas. They're talking at you. And it's important as a songwriter that we leave enough space in your melody um, that you can allow people to interject their own emotion, their own feeling, their own thoughts into that song. You can make people care about your song. Pull them in. Hope to see you back next week. We'll see you around Songtown. All right, Clay had some great stuff for you there. Um, we're going to come back and talk about that in a little bit, but what would a songwriting podcast be without a song? So I want to play you a great song called Yes Girl that was written by Julie Eddy and Ryland Fisher in Songtown. Um, it's actually a single out right now on Julie, and you can find it on all the streaming platforms. Uh, but these is two Songtownians, and Ryland actually did the production on this as well. So check out Yes Girl. Be your right hand woman, don't need no man buying drinks on our own dime. If you want to pack a bike, run a tank of gas, head west till that road ends. You know I'm game for just about anything in a single string attached. Yeah, I'm your yes, girl. No regrets, girl. It don't take much to convince me that in birth before I
I love that song. So Julie is an artist from Minneapolis, Minnesota. Ryland is a songwriter and producer in Nashville. He writes for Vibe City Music, which is a um, wing of Songtown. It's our publishing company, and we're awfully proud of that song. So hope you enjoyed it. I wanted to add a few things to what Clay said about the give a crap factor on your songs. And I'm primarily a lyricist, so that's the angle that I take when I'm writing predominantly I'm doing more a lot more of the lyric so the things that I think about lyrically as I'm writing are how many people are going to care about this topic so for instance if I'm writing about being a mom then I know that dads are not going to relate to it as much I know that people who don't have children are not going to relate to it as much so I've kind of narrowed my focus and that doesn't mean I shouldn't write about that but it does mean that I need to be conscious of the choices I make as I'm writing. So, for instance, if I'm writing a love song and I start mentioning things about um, this, you know, I'm singing, you know, I'm so glad you're my wife. Well, that excludes people who aren't married, you know. And so if I'm writing a love song and I can, if it's not about whether someone is your wife or your significant other or your girlfriend or whatever, then I try not to specify in my song so that I'm not kind of limiting my audience. I'm trying to make choices that make a broader audience interested in my song. So that's one thing to think about as you're writing. It's like, you know, if you get to a fork in the road, do you say, you know, so glad you're my wife, or do you leave it open where it can be anybody singing to the person that they love? And most often I try to make the choice that lets me sing, you know, lets the song be relatable to anybody. So that's one big factor. Another big factor, and Clay touched on this a little bit, is like, is your song emotional or is it whiny? You know, every now and then I write songs just for therapy. So I might write a song about my ex-wife and it might be angry and lashing out. But an artist is not going to want to get up and, do that on stage most likely and so I have to understand that when I write that song that's probably not going to be a commercial song because not enough people care about my specific story and my ex-wife so we have to look at our own personal stories and go what about this story is relatable to a broader audience and I'll give you an example Early in my career, um, I wrote this song I told you about called um, She Stopped Living the Day He Died, about my grandmother. The big idea in that song was that sometimes when we lose someone, it feels like we died. And so what I did is when I got that feedback from my publisher, I went back and I looked at that song and I figured out, okay, what's the big universal emotion here? And that's what I came up with. So I started working on some ideas to try to write that idea, that big emotion, in a better, more universal way. And I also realized that my first draft of that that idea was about my grandmother, but it was kind of whiny. You know, one of the comments from my publisher was, man, she sounded like a miserable person, you know, and... I, that wasn't my intent, but it was just I was trying to get to the depths of her sadness 
but it came across as whiny because he didn't know her. He didn't know my story. So what I did was I came up with some ideas with that same universal emotion, and I wrote a song with my publisher, Kim Williams, and with Danny Wells called While You Loved Me that Rascal Flatts recorded. And While You Loved Me is exactly that same idea. Um, I'm going to read you the lyric to it, and I want you to see how it relates to that same big universal emotion. All right, here we go. The lyric to While You Love Me by Rascal Flatts. If I ever write the story of my life, don't be surprised if you're where it begins. Girl, I'd have to dedicate every line on every page to the memories we made while you loved me. I was born the day you kissed me, and I died inside the night you left me. But I lived, oh, how I lived, while you loved me. I'd start with chapter one, love innocent and young as the morning sun on a new day. Even though I know the end, I'd do it all again, because I got a lifetime in while you loved me. I was born the day you kissed me, and I died inside the night you left me. But I lived, oh, how I lived, while you loved me. See, that's that same big universal idea, you know. I, I was born the day you kissed me, I died inside the night you left me, but I lived while you loved me. Um, and that song became my first top ten hit. We went to number seven with that song, and it changed my life. That's just one example of how you can take your personal story, you can find out what it is about your personal story that everybody cares about, not just you, you know, not just your family. And then you can write your story in a universal way and communicate that same emotion. That's the key to getting people to give a crap about your song. People want to hear a song and go, yes, that's what I want to say, or yes, that's exactly how I felt when I got my heart broken, or yes, that's exactly how I felt when I lost my grandfather. And sometimes that means that you take your story and you just take the emotion out of it, and you put that emotion into a, a vessel that applies to more people and that's what gets people to say yes that's me that's what I want to hear um, that's that's the song I want to go buy or that's the song I want to stream or that's the song I want to put on the side of my bus for the name of my tour you know those kind of things get an emotional reaction and my first publisher always told me too. He said, if someone listens to your song and they don't do anything, you're in trouble. And what he meant was, you know, he said, I want people to laugh or to cry or to get up and dance or to bob their head or to tap their foot or something. I want, I want a physical reaction to my songs. And if I don't get that, they don't give a crap. And so as you're writing... Just try to write that emotion to the point where the, the person listening can't help but do something. You know, and it's, if it's a funny song, you want them to laugh. If it's a sad song, you want them to cry. But they need to do something when they hear your song or you haven't yet reached that level where people give crap. And if you perform, you can often see this because you look out in the audience. Like There's some songs that I play and I, I start the song and I get about halfway through and I notice people are getting up to go to the bathroom or they're going to get another beer at the bar 
and that kind of thing. And when that happens, I know that song's just not connecting somehow. So I have to pull back and say, okay, what's not working about this song and how can I make people care more about this idea? All right, that's all we got for you this week. I hope you've learned some things uh, that can help you make your songs more universal and more widely appealing. And we'd love for you to check us out at songtown.com. You can go on there, give us your email, get 10 free videos to kind of see what we're about. And uh, we'd love for you to uh, join us and explore that thriving community of songwriters from all over the world. Have a great week, and we will see you next time. Thank mm-hmm. you.